Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Today's topic, Emotional Reset Part 2, The Vagus Nerve. That is Vegas as in V-A-G-U-S, not as in Las Vegas. The Vegas Nerve. So I want to talk by, I want to start by reflecting upon some quotes that we talked about last week. And just getting them back in our mind. And one was by Dale Carnegie, author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, which came out in, I think, 1936 or 37. He says, When dealing with people, remember you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but creatures of emotion. And then we had a quote from Van Gogh, the famous Dutch painter. Let us not forget that the little emotions are the great captains of our lives and we obey them without realizing it. And I thought of another great quote to throw into this mix from Maya Angelou. She says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. She says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. It's like memories. Our memories are linked to smell and to taste, to strong emotions. Memories that just flash into our minds. Sometimes you remember one day from 25 years ago. And why did you remember that? Was there a smell or a taste or an emotion, emotional memory? So feeling is is primary. Our senses are primary and our emotions are part of that primary system. So that's why it's important that we understand our emotional landscape, understand what emotions are and understand how to deal with emotions. When I went to college, everyone had to go in the pool and swim four laps to show that they are able to swim. And if you couldn't pass the swim test, you had to take swimming. Part of the reason was that Learning how to swim is a fundamental part of being alive for two reasons. The primary one, I suppose, is a survival one. You might be thrown into a lake or a river someday or in floodwaters, and it's important to know how to swim. This is just basic human survival. We want everyone who goes to this university to know how to swim. The second one might be swimming is a very amazing human experience to float around or to move around in this the liquid of water is is fascinating and amazing and wonderful so we teach people how to swim we teach them how to swim so that they can both enjoy the the world of swimming in water but also that they can survive a crisis that involves the water So let me play with a a little bit of a loose metaphor and and think of emotions as water, emotions as swimming. And we want our youth and our adults, we want people to be able to swim in their emotions and not be afraid of drowning. We got to teach people how to, how to swim, or we got to teach people how to remain calm and not freak out when their emotions are not well because this is essentially what's happening when people are drowning. I remember a few years ago I was at the beach with a few friends and it was one of those stormy days where the wind where the winds were whipping 
and the waves were chaotic and moving in every direction. And we had gone for a swim and then played some baseball and then gone back into the water. And two of my friends were in the water and I was standing on the shore and, and one of my friends began to drown and just call out nervously and fearfully. And it was very apparent to me that in this moment, he was essentially having an anxiety attack. You know, on an emotional level, his body was sending out intense fear, like you're going to drown, you got to survive. And this is why people who are totally capable become overwhelmed and drowned. My buddy is a fine swimmer, but his body was sending out intense alarms, survival alarms that really hijack the calm mind that says, you know how to swim, just start being calm and get back to shore. So I know this friend very well, and, and I, I understood what was going on emotionally, and, and my reaction was not to sprint into the water, because this would kind of help help encourage the alarms. I just said, hey, you're okay. Be calm. Be calm. Learn from this. And again, those words are are rational, but my, my presence, my, my calmness helped remind him that he was going to be okay. And what I did, again, I didn't sprint out to rescue him, but more waited out, kind of maintained eye contact and kept on talking to him in a calm tone, reminding him that he's okay, reminding him he's okay. And then I finally swam out there and pulled him into shore. I reflect upon this a lot because I think this is a lot of what happens when people uh, are fall into overwhelming emotional situations. They know how to deal with emotions on the day-to-day, just like my friend knows how to swim. But there is some sort of overwhelming reaction that is throwing them into basically a drowning fight-or-flight situation. That fight-or-flight part is very animal level. When we experience extreme anxiety, it is fight-or-flight on an animal level, on a deep emotional level. So the topic today... The practical skills for today are about emotional reset because there are times when we find ourselves drowning in emotion and just struggling and and feeling overwhelmed can lead to all kinds of bad decisions. We don't need to go over the details of those. We can imagine what they are. I often think of when people, when I hear about people committing suicide, that this is akin to drowning. Most of them did not want to commit suicide. In that moment of desperation, however, it became an escape, a release, a release uh, out of that fight or flight mode in their brain that was overstimulating them. If we can figure out a way to kind of reset that emotional alarm system, that's really, really huge. Now, I've heard ideas over the years for how to do this, how to emotionally reset, but for some reason they just crystallized very clearly when I started to understand about the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve has been studied for decades and is becoming a little bit more popular in the news and whatnot. You're starting to hear about this vagus nerve. You're starting to hear about stomach-mind connection, which relates to the vagus nerve. Okay, so let's go over just a brief bit of the science behind it. So we have an automatic nervous system. And that's basically what's running our our organs, our heart, our lungs, our digestive tract. We don't we don't decide to run these things to breathe and to digest 
and to pump blood through our body. A lot of our body is working automatically. And the vagus nerve is kind of like the manager because the vagus nerve connects from our brain to almost every organ in the body. And what it does, it's mostly... It's not so much telling the organs what to do. It's keeping an eye on and receiving information from the organs. So when we, are, when we are starting to have really anxious or depressive thoughts, that might, it, it very commonly might be our putting rational words to an emotional state. And this emotional state is related to the vagus nerve and what is going on in our body. So of the automatic nervous system, there are two halves, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So the sympathetic is the more adrenalized fight or flight. The sympathetic is an overdrive when you're overwhelmed with anxiety. The sympathetic is an overdrive when you're struggling to not drown, right? Fight or flight. You know, this is the, the potency of anxiety sometimes is we can feel this fight or flight. But we might be in a situation that is relatively calm. I could be sitting on a park bench and feeling this anxiety, this fight or flight. Something in my emotional system that's saying something is not right. You got to address this now. But on some level, we look around and everything's okay. So this creates a lot of confusion and this is this is a lot of what the stress of anxiety is. It's such a strong emotional reaction and we don't quite know what the words go with that. And when we put words to it, we often make the, make the challenges worse. So again, the sympathetic half of the nervous system is real about, it's about getting us up, fight or flight. You all of a sudden see a car shooting towards you when you're walking across the street, boom, this kicks in, your heart jumps up, you, you, you get adrenalized, you have greater strength, you are in survival mode. This is extremely important, sympathetic nervous system. The other half of the nervous system is the parasympathetic. And this basically is the counterbalance. This stimulates us to rest and digest. Rest and digest. This is the part that tells the body all is well. So if the sympathetic says, you got to survive, you're going to get hit by a car, you got to survive, you're drowning. The parasympathetic says, you're good, you're all good, you're resting, you're digesting. The vagus nerve is basically the nerve that is most connected to the parasympathetic that stimulates the rest and digest feeling in our body. So the practical skills that I want to talk about today are some ways to activate that vagus nerve and help instigate a rest and digest feeling. Now, what we'll see is the science that's coming out is completely backing up old religious and spiritual traditions. One of the core things with the vagus nerve, one of the core three or four techniques, and I guess the one I'll begin with, is activating your throat through really strong singing, humming, and gargling. So again, humming, singing, and gargling. If you're humming a tune, or you're singing a tune, oh, when those saints come marching in, or if you're gargling, 
So when you're doing this, the vagus nerve travels from our head down through our organs and passes very close to our throat. And there are some beneficial things to singing. And it basically is showing our body that we're in a calm state. So spending time singing or humming will remind our body that we're calm and it's all good. And again, this links up to old spiritual traditions because look at one of the key rituals is chanting of Om, Om, Om. And chanting the Om involves long breaths and holding a tone that vibrates our throat. If, the second technique is deep breathing. Again, this goes with meditation, this goes with Om chanting, this goes with old wisdom. Old wisdom is often very valuable. It's been carved away for many years. Some old wisdom, sure, should be thrown out, but there's a lot of old wisdom that really seems to be reinforced by modern scientific knowledge. And Om, chanting the Om, singing frequently, harmonizing with others, deep, deep breathing. So the second technique would be deep breathing. And I found a clip that really described deep breathing well because you hear all these ways, okay, deep breathing, okay, meditation, but there's so many versions. So I just try to get it down to the simplest form. And I was reading this one piece on um, diaphragmatic breathing exercises for your vagus nerve. Deep, deep breathing, using that diaphragm at the bottom of your belly. And this is from a Psychology Today article by Christopher Berglund. He says, Anecdotally, what's worked best for me over the years is an easy technique I cobbled together in which I inhale very slowly through my nose. So inhale very slowly through the nose while consciously filling up my lungs from the bottom to the top until I can suck in one iota more of oxygen. Then I slowly begin releasing the air through pursed lips as if I'm trying to systematically blow out 100 candles on a birthday cake while constricting my abs as if I'm doing an abdominal crunch. Sometimes I hold my hand up to my lips to feel the air being released. I like this because it's very clear. So you focus on breathing through the nose until your lungs have become completely full, and then you slowly exhale through pursed lips as if you're trying to blow out 100 candles on a cake. That's a good visual. I like that one. So the idea is basically to slow our breathing rate at least twice as slow as normal. And they say we normally breathe 12 to 14 times a minute. So we're shooting for six times a minute, six cycles of breath. So if we think about 100 candles, if we think about breathing in through our nose, filling up our lungs, blowing out 100 candles, and trying to slow this down to six times a minute. If we can just do this for five minutes a day, this is a worthwhile experiment. That's really straightforward, really easy, and we're thinking about some of the science behind this. We're basically telling our body, you're good, you're good. We're telling our body on a physical level, all is well. And if we tell our body this on a physical level, it affects our thoughts. But again, we're not trying to lead with thoughts. We're trying to lead with the physical and understanding that most of our thoughts are a layer on top of the physical. So we have singing. We're trying to sing more. We're trying to hum more. You might want to go in the bathroom and just 
gargle for a few minutes. These will activate systems in our body that remind us we're in good. Relax, rest and digest. The parasympathetic nervous system is flowing. The third technique I want to talk about is exposure to the cold. And I've heard people tell me, take cold showers. They're good for you. And when I shower, I really enjoy the warm water. But I have to say, now that I'm learning the science, I'm starting to uh, jump in the shower and at least for 30 seconds. The 30, first 30 seconds really stimulate myself with ice, pretty cold water. And then I enjoy a warm shower. Because I say even 30 seconds of cold water exposure will trigger the parasympathetic system. And you can do this by starting your showers off with cold water. You can do this by sitting over a sink and splashing your face with cold water for 30 seconds. Or you can immerse your face in cold water. I'm sure you could even jump into a cold lake. And why exactly this this causes us to be calm might surprise us because you might think if we're in if we're experiencing a dive reflex of cold water, our body might want to be in fight or flight mode. But I think it has a lot more to do with the cold water. In some reason our body is reacting in a way that it has to slow down and preserve energy or something. I, I don't really know the science behind why that's working, but they've done the science to show that it is working. So cold water exposure, deep breathing for just five minutes a day, singing, humming, gargling, and other forms of meditation. These are a few of the basic ways to stimulate our vagus nerve, to stimulate our parasympathetic system, to on an emotional level reset and to feel that all is well. Remember, we are emotional creatures primarily. We are instinctual creatures primarily on the foundation level, on the base level. And we have this wonderful ability to have rational thought and rational intellect. But let it serve our emotions. Let it serve our actions. We are primarily creatures of actions. Thoughts are valuable, but let's not drown in thoughts. Especially, let's not drown in thoughts when we need to be resetting on an emotional level. I hope this came across clearly today. I'm... I'm in the process of learning this. This is me kind of sharing what I've been studying and learning during the last week or two, sharing some of my insights. I do hope they come across. Let's enjoy one other emotional experience before we leave today. Let's play a little more of that Strauss waltz, the St. Anne's Day waltz from Strauss, and practice just feeling the music. And let's, let's try to just practice feeling in revering that part of ourselves that is our emotional selves and practice soothing that emotional selves, using our rational minds to understand how our body works. I'll put up a picture of the vagus nerve and you'll see just the, it almost looks like the brain is a plant and these nerve system are the roots, the roots flowing through the body. 
it looks like the root system to a plant, all these extensions of this vagus nerve system. It is extraordinary, expansive, and it, and it inspires us to wonder about the magnificence and the complexity of nature and the complexity of nature that is part of the human body. The human body is its own infinite ecosystem that we have the privilege to be a part of this consciousness of ours. So hopefully some of this inspires a sense of awe, a sense of miracle. These bodies of ours, these minds of ours, this natural world of ours, this cultural world of ours, this music of ours. Wish you well. Have a great week. Hope you can take some time for some singing, some humming, some exercise, maybe some cold shower. I don't know. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. Drop me a line anytime. Bye-bye.